another? What wisdom is there for everyone in each of the traditions? Captured for history, just a few blocks from the convention center, at the corner of 4th and Walnut, now Muhammad Ali Boulevard, is a bronze plaque, a memorial to the pivotal point in Thomas Merton's life that he describes in conjectures of a guilty bystander. On that corner, back in 1958, Father Merton had a mystical insight into the oneness of humanity. Looking at the bustling crowd in the center of Louisville's shopping district, he realized that the mystery of God is surrounding us at all times. Quote, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all those people, that they were mine and I theirs, that we could not be alien to one another, even though we were total strangers. There is no way of telling people that they all are walking around shining like the sun, end quote. Louisville's Festival of Faiths grew out of that spirit, that awareness that we all are in this together. Richard Rohr is helping us to understand that. John Feaster, Editor-in-Chief, St. Anthony Messenger Magazine. Introduction The Perennial Tradition The perennial philosophy or perennial tradition is a term that has come in and out of popularity in Western and religious history, but it has never been dismissed by the Universal Church. In many ways, it was actually affirmed at the Second Vatican Council in its forward-looking documents on ecumenism and non-Christian religions. It affirms that there are constant themes truths, and reoccurrences in all the world religions. In Nostra Etate, the document on non-Christian religions, for example, the Council Fathers begin by saying that, quote, all peoples comprise a single community and have a single origin created by one and the same Creator God. And one also is their final goal, God, the Catholic Church rejects nothing that is true and holy in these religions. Unquote. Then the document goes on to praise native religion, Hinduism, Judaism, Buddhism, and Islam as reflecting a ray of that truth which enlightens all people. Unquote. You've got to realize what courage and brilliance it took to write that in 1965 when very few people in any religion thought that way. In fact, most still don't think that way today. One early exception was the great St. Augustine, a doctor of the Church, who courageously wrote, quote, The very thing which is now called the Christian religion was not wanting among the ancients from the beginning of the human race until Christ came in the flesh. After that time, the true religion, which has always existed, began to be called Christian, unquote. St. Clement of Alexandria, Origen, St. Basil, St. Gregory of Nyssa, and St. Leo the Great all held similar understandings before we got into a defensive and, frankly, offensive modes of anti-Semitism and the Crusades. In some crucial ways, we have actually gone backward in religious history when we should have been greasing the wheels of spiritual consciousness to move forward. The term 
is approximately used in the Council's decree on priestly formation, where it states that seminarians should, quote, base themselves on a philosophy which is perennially valid, unquote. And the decree encourages study of the entire history of philosophy and also, quote, recent scientific progress, unquote. The authors are probably thinking primarily of scholastic philosophy. In truth, our term, as we use it here, is much more a theological statement than a philosophical one anyway. This is Aldous Huxley's understanding, which is why he calls it a metaphysic, a psychology, an ethic at the same time. Quote, one, the metaphysic, which recognizes a divine reality substantial to the world.